we've got here is a failure to communicate. Welcome back to another episode of Epsilon Reporting on air. Remember that one time I said I was going to do a podcast every month? <laughs> that was a good time. All right, so um, I'm back. I, I'm doing another one. Uh, my MacBook had a GPU issue, so it had to get sent off to a clean room and get uh, uh, resoldered, like parts of it resoldered on, and it took forever to get it back. So that being said, just to kind of recap some of the last podcast, the, uh, the will to action one. Uh, some things I learned from it. One, as you can probably tell if you did listen to it, is that uh, it definitely sounds like I was reading off a script, which I was kind of. And also, I was just, I mean, it was my first podcast. I just wanted to get it out to kind of break through that barrier of never doing one. So I seemed kind of monotone a lot of times and stuff like that. So on this one, I'm going to try to like push back from the desire to be monotone. Obviously, I don't have anyone... (laughs) here to talk to so uh that kind of affects it i I am excited to have some more um, podcasts with other individuals other like guests on it as soon as more of my friends get out of school or uh uh just find the time i guess the other exciting news is that i uh, got a new microphone i'm actually using a designated microphone instead of a microphone on a pair of headphones so things are looking up uh, what else? Uh, oh, basically just wanted to throw out the expectation that, yes, I understand that I'm tackling some more kind of packed concepts and uh, pretty dense material, so a lot of times I'm going to be, uh, for most of the podcasts, I'm going to be revisiting probably other solo podcasts as I grow and continue to... Um, uh, codify those those concepts internally, uh, but then also with other people to hear other people's take on these these kind of denser topics. So basically, this whole thing is a way for me to uh, force myself to learn new skills and also to uh, force myself to articulate what I believe uh, more and more. So thank you for coming along on this journey enough of a recap and so let's get into uh, kind of the main thing that I wanted to talk about which is a concept I call conceptual inertia basically it's it's the notion that we hold different beliefs uh, internally and the longer we hold those beliefs the longer and harder it is to change them, to get them out. If we're confronted with conflicting information, uh, it's still harder to change our mind, even if the, the conflicting information makes a lot of sense. So this uh, conceptual inertia is a fascinating thing that I had to acknowledge in internally. Uh, I definitely see it everywhere. I think everyone has some degree of that conceptual inertia. Uh, For me, part of the reason why I wanted to hold on to those concepts, one, because I think inherently it's harder and probably more energy costly to change your mind on certain things, like any kind of uh, built-in beliefs, uh, like for instance, any kind of habits uh, are those predetermined uh, or like reinforced rather uh, neurological pathways. And so it's 
easier as they like sink, it's easier for them to fire in sequence faster and faster and more regularly. So I think that on some level that happens to your beliefs. Uh, you have kind of, for instance, like what food you like, what, uh, what TV shows you like to listen to, and hell, what kind of uh, political system you prefer to support. I think the other factor that plays a huge role into us tightly gripping on to our beliefs, at least for me, it was a weird way to kind of add validity to my beliefs. I figured that, but let's say I was talking about like armchairs and I knew enough about armchairs where I formulated an opinion and formulated my favorite armchair. So if someone came up to me and uh, they were like, oh, this armchair is way better uh, because of these reasons, even if their reasons were better, I would feel the desire to kind of stick up for my initial belief because I feel like if I started talking to an individual that really presented their beliefs uh, pretty firm, they, they seemed, they appeared to be set in their ways, and then I kind of gave my two cents on whatever topic we were talking about, and that person changed their mind incredibly fast, and we're like, yeah, yeah, no, that t totally makes sense, yeah, I believe that now. <laughs> I, would, I would question how well thought out uh, most of their fundamental beliefs were, and I would probably be less likely to, uh, I don't know, it, it kind of removes a degree of, like, trust or a degree of, well, as I said earlier, validity. So a great solution to this problem is when you're uh, discussing a topic with someone or debating a topic, what have you, if they bring up some very conflicting and very convincing uh, information that counters uh, your beliefs, your opinions, your um, kind of what you held as true, then instead of almost like hard-headedly making a fool out of yourself and like fighting back, or also, uh, well, hold on, also to add some clarification to that, if if you're very comfortable with it, if you're very comfortable with your beliefs and you understand that uh, the points that they brought up lack a certain degree of perspective, uh, like they may, might not be thinking further enough back if you're talking about like a historical topic or something like that, then uh, obviously debate uh, with the true information that you hold. But let's say it's the same basis of information and theirs is just way more well thought out, uh, more references, if you may, then uh, in that case, don't just push back and kind of act like a blind bull in a china shop. I think that's an idiom. Uh, if it's not, it should be. Uh, it's like half idiom. Anyway, uh, so instead of that, um, acknowledge what they said. Kind of if you feel like you lack any kind of clarification, uh, repeat it back to them, and then uh, let them know that you're going to think about it. And not necessarily, like, forcefully change the topic or the subject. Or, hell, if they, they seem like they're an expert on it, uh, try to probe, get more information out of it. But at the end of the day, uh, or at the end of the talk, uh, head home, head back to <clears throat> excuse me, your, like, safety zone, wherever you can kind of do research alone 
and do a lot of research. Just uh, kind of verify the, the points that they brought up and then see if it does convert you at a later point. And of course, the underlining factor, the drive, if you may, is I think some form of pride. And with that, I think it's hugely beneficial and incredibly liberating to identify the negative aspects of pride and kind of being more mobile conceptually and uh, interpersonally when you can admit when you're wrong. Basically, what I'm getting at is that if a situation like what I discussed earlier occurs and someone did have some well-rounded opinions and thoughts on a topic and they were able to present the the air quotes facts that they're able to present the information in such a way that it was at least thought provoking enough to get you to think about it and look into it at a later point and it all turned out to be correct you you personally changed your viewpoint as well it it shows a lot if you're able to let them know like next time you see them hang out and say hey that topic we were discussing sometime last week, uh, I looked into it and yeah, you had a great perspective. I agree with a lot of points you made. And then you can kind of vent if throughout your air quotes research, if you ran into any kind of discrepancies, if you had a different take, if maybe you didn't just completely conform to their viewpoint, but you had a, a shifted similar viewpoint. I think this is hugely beneficial with building relationships uh, because it kind of shows that you're an active uh, and enthusiastic listener. Uh, it, I think active listening in general is hugely important with building trust, building some degree of uh, respect, uh, but also like an, an enthusiastic listener is someone that here's what you say, I uh, can repeat it back, like they, they actively listen, they hear it, but also they look into it like it has an effect on them. And of course, just speaking personally, I like being told that I'm right as much as the next guy. I think that uh, it presents kind of a, a drive or a pressure uh, to reinforce positive behavior. Kind of what I'm saying is that there's a lot that goes into convincing someone into a, a positive or a different uh, perspective. And one huge factor is being able to present the information in a way that's not overwhelming or you come off as just like a huge dick. Like, oh, of course, obviously, why didn't you think of this? I, I think a lot of times that can just force people's walls to go up. And then you don't really have much luck of convincing them of anything other than that you're a bigger asshole. Uh, weird verbiage, but let's not talk about it. Uh, another factor is like, obviously, you have to do a lot of research to be able to present the information uh, that can convince people. So let's say you put in the effort to... Uh, figure out a, a way, a, a position, a positioning technique to convey that information in a way that is easy or easier to digest. But then you also put in the time to initially find the interest to look up the material, but also the, uh, the effort to remember uh, or memorize, I suppose as humans call it, memorize the material. And 
So if you put in all that effort and then you get that positive feedback or anyone gets that positive feedback that puts in that effort, I think it's a, a way to kind of reinforce that positive behavior, uh, kind of on like a macro social scale. Like if everyone did that, I think we would have uh, more articulate and well-read individuals to a degree. And that I mean, it's probably a huge overstatement, maybe a little bit too much faith in that whole process, but I guess time will tell. I think I'm going to start ending, like, my massive points. Like, when, when I end on those, I'm just going to end it with something super vague like that. That's, I think, going to be the new game plan. Well, I'm hungry, so I'm probably going to end while I'm still making sense. Thanks for listening to the second one of these. With any luck, I'll be uh, making these a little bit faster. And uh, this is Epsilon reporting. Good night. Good luck.